Hey, Tyler. What's up? We got a little get-to-know-you question here. Oh, good, because you need to get to know me better. I know. We really do. We really do. So, who's your favorite preacher to listen to? Besides you? (laughs) (laughs) That's the right answer. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just trying to keep my job over here. (laughs) That's the right answer. Yeah, Yeah, there was only one right answer. (laughs) The only one I listen to on a week-to-week basis. (laughs) Yeah, besides me, then. Yeah, well, your father. Try to help our, uh, <laughs> yeah, help our people yeah. find some uh, other good preaching out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I hear your dad's going to be preaching next week, so. Sunday, yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe that'll be better. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I love me some Alistair Begg. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, he's been a, just something about the, the accent and yeah. just passion there. That's I love awesome. his preaching. What about you? I'm a big Chuck Swindoll fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's such a great storyteller. He is a good storyteller. That's yeah. like... Definitely his strength when it comes to preaching. Yeah, love Chuck Swindoll. Mm-hmm. So maybe one day I'll get to meet him. Yeah, but there we go. He's Here we no, you can know no, more about he us. He is no and you Chris can, Renfro. <laughs> you can go find some good <laughs> preaching out there. <laughs> yeah. Just listen to the Hope Church podcast. <laughs> well, welcome everybody to Weekly Hope. So glad to have you joining us. I got my good friend Tyler Joiner here co-hosting. So today we're going to be talking about our sermon from yesterday's message in Genesis 37 as we continue through the book of Genesis and planning to have it finished this summer. So very excited about that and excited for just kind of the stories that we've learned as we've transitioned to uh, the line of Jacob, but really these last 14 chapters in Genesis that focus on the life of Joseph. And so Genesis 37 really sets up Joseph's life and... Um, and kind of the favoritism that Jacob shows him, and then this, we kind of called it a recipe for family disaster mm-hmm. yesterday. So, uh, Tyler, I'll kick it over to you. Um, ha- what have you seen as we've gone through this, you know, really narrative in Genesis from mm-hmm. Abraham, Isaac, to now Jacob, and you just see, like, really, really messy families. Yeah. And like, what does God teach us through that? Well, I think what's, what's crazy and truthfully something I've never really connected, and it's one of just the benefits of getting to walk through a passage like this of Genesis just like incrementally over um, Sundays, but it's how many cases of favoritism there really are. Like it is, it is over and over again that that is what we see happen. I mean, you know, with Jacob and Esau, and then I've never even thought about the story of Joseph being really just that same repeated story. And yeah. so it, it really is kind of that, like just seeing a picture in families of how, like, man, we just never get over our sin. Like it just feels like if it wasn't for God pulling us out of that, like yeah. it is just this repetitive cycle. Yeah, and like, yeah, why the gospel is so important. Oh, definitely, and that it does truly change. Families and yeah. and change lives and we so we talked about this recipe for family disaster and one of the things that you just see in Jacob's life I know you did a great job preaching on Jacob last week um, but it, it's fascinating that even after his you know kind of life changes and his yeah. name changes yeah, yeah. and all this stuff and he still is like a pretty terrible dad yeah. I mean yeah, he's yeah. he's awful Definitely. to be honest uh-huh. <laughs> just kind of checking out <laughs> yeah completely checked out I mean you, I just pictured just sitting at the dinner table just yeah. like. Just st- so cold, just sitting <laughs> eating his food. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, and and how it really does first start with apathy and yeah. and passivity on his part in three different ways sure. that we particularly see. One, he he just 
He never stands up and says no to what's wrong. Yeah. And we see this, I mean, again, time and time again in the Old Testament and with these, like, patriarchs even, or these these men that, like, sure. multiple wives or concubines or, like, all this stuff and this, like, weird family competition between Rachel and Leah mm-hmm. that, that, like, they're trying to have as many kids as possible and yeah. Jacob's just sitting there and he's like, ah, whatever, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and that, like, apathy that... I mean, just not no conviction to stand up to and say like, this is not what God designed. This is not right. Sure. Um, which again leads to like massive amounts of dysfunction mm-hmm. in his family for generations to come. So we said yesterday, we'll continue to say like, this is not a prescription for a life. You can read the story and look <laughs> yeah. at it and be like, see, look at the Bible. Uh-huh. Look at, but it's like, no, this is obviously wrong. And yeah. like the Bible highlights that this is not like God's design for us. When we see so much complication come as a result, which is like proof honestly that it's not right you know you see that this situation doesn't create like an easy thing for them like there's all of this that comes from it that's messy yeah and the best and healthiest life is to walk in god's design and so like if jacob would have trusted and just would have walked in that like it would have created a lot less messiness but Mm -hmm. the second thing he didn't protect his family uh, didn't protect his kids and particularly his daughter dinah Mm. uh who is attacked and abused and raped and all these things that like happen and then he does nothing. I mean, he just sits there, literally does nothing. And when his like sons, you know, go and defend his sure. their daughter's his daughter's honor, he like gets angry at his sons and is like, "You've made me a stink among the inhabitants of the land," mm-hmm. um, and loses. I mean, truly loses all respect really from these other sons yeah. um, that he has. And then he doesn't discipline his children. Uh, great example of that we see in Genesis thirty-five, which is really just really, really weird. After Rachel dies and giving birth to uh-huh. his final son, his oldest son goes and then like sleeps with one of his concubines who is weird. I mean, yeah. It's really bad. Yeah, yeah. And again, like you, it says in the text that like he heard about it and then he even references that later in Genesis mm. at the end of Genesis as he like talks to Reuben uh, in again, just kind of like lets it go. Nothing, yeah. nothing said, nothing yeah. done about it. Um, and just this general general apathy yeah. in like leading his family, sure. with the one exception of this like one son Joseph, that he just kind of dotes on and I mean unashamedly shows way more favoritism to than than everybody else. Mm-hmm. It's almost like he could could care less about yeah. anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think we like we see stories like this, and it's like man, it just seems so like almost out there and absurd and like just reading the text and seeing like so many opportunities that um, Jacob had to either call out or to discipline or to like prove more worth in this family dynamic. And he just like fails constantly. It's easy. Like look at these stories and be like, like, man, like I'm, I'm just so not that way. Yeah. But I, I mean, it's not true. Like yeah. apathy particularly is one of those that like sits with me. Cause I think when, when like life gets stressful and things get overwhelming, like that's my natural inclination is to like form to apathy to like almost just want to shut down and, and just let things pass by, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it yesterday and what Paul said in Romans 12, or 12, 11, you know, yeah. do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit and serve the Lord. Yeah. You know, and that, like, slothful in zeal is yeah. such an interesting phrase, yeah. um, and I think it's so easy for us to fall into, um, that, like, we should be zealous for the things of the Lord. We should be passionate and exciting and, on, and excited and on fire, to do what's right, to, to lead and love our families sure. well, 
to be engaged to mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, like be engaged in their lives mm-hmm. and to like truly care. And that like takes vast amounts of energy and time and effort. And like, it's, it's a lot harder than to, to just to sit down and just like veg and let your kids do whatever they want to uh-huh. do. You know, like, yeah, it, it's, it's more difficult. And sure. it, it, it takes a, like a lot of sacrifice. Um, but it's what we do is, particularly in Christ, is like Christian parents to like to to raise our kids or rear our kids to love the Lord and um, and to serve well. I remember years ago, mm-hmm. uh, I, I was like kind of talking to this fairly well known Christian speaker, mm. and had a few minutes where it was like before an event, and I was just kind of sitting there chatting with him. One of the questions I almost always ask that when I get around like a busy person in ministry is how do you, how do you balance like family life in ministry life? Cause it's just a question that I like constantly have for myself. And I'll never forget him just saying like, well, like we do the big things really well. Like, cause our kids aren't going to really remember the little things. And it's not like, it's not the amount of time spent. It's the quality of the time that you spend. And like, so when it's like a big event, we we go all out for the big events. Yeah. And I just remember sitting there and thinking, like, hearing that, just thinking, like, that sounds like really bad advice. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, no, I don't I think agree. that's what I don't think that's the answer that I want from from my Definitely. life and like how, how I raise my kids. Yeah. Um, because yeah, no, I like, I think the vast majority of it comes like in the little moments. You don't uh-huh. get to choose what the big moments are going to be. Like, yeah. you don't get to choose what's going to be the the things that your kids do remember. Sure. Uh, not to say we shouldn't do fun or big things. Like I just took my son to Washington D.C. last week. Uh-huh. Like it, it's great to do big things, but it really is in like the amount of time spent is where like the memories are made. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I was terrible at sports growing up. Still am. But my parents, like my dad, was at every. I mean, he coached like every single team I was ever a part of, and like those are the things I remember now. Like. I, it's, I, it's hard for me to even come up with like a big thing yeah. that was like the thing that sticks with me, but it was those things. It was the, the day to days of helping me with schoolwork and just, just doing life, you know, was always there. Yeah. And that's the stuff that like, I remember. Yeah. So, yeah very different. Which transition is great into the next piece is like rep- recipe for family disaster was this favoritism that he shows. Mm. And I mean, we see, and I had a number of people talk to me after the sermon about this. They didn't really like, it's, it's, hard, it's easy to miss this, but yeah. Um, Joseph really does like mess up a lot. I yeah. mean, he, yeah, he, yeah. he's, uh, he's easy to be hated. <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> Early yeah, on. For sure. Um, and particularly in three areas. One, I mean, he acts morally su- superior by mm-hmm. like tattling or giving this bad report on his brothers. Uh, so that would be frustrating enough. Uh-huh. Uh, he acts relationally superior in that he really flaunts his favoritism in this coat of many colors and things that he wears around and all that stuff. So... Yeah, there's um, no hiding it. <laughs> no, no. Which is like, I mean, I did think about in our 21st century context. I mean, it's like imagine a family of farmers, and then one son is gifted an Armani suit. You know, <laughs> yeah, and that's yeah, the yeah. like that's his uh-huh. clothes. That's yeah, what he wears around. around. Yeah, uh-huh. which is like you don't work when you're wearing an Armani yeah. suit on yeah, a farm. Yeah. And uh-huh. so he had this fancy robe, covers goes all the way to his ankles and all mm-hmm. the way to his wrists, and he's like, he's not out there working like the rest of them. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, there's a multiple levels of like the favoritism that is shown that then like is is why he is even greatly hated. But then he acts in, in a lot of ways like spiritually superior by like 
proclaiming these dreams that he has and like mm-hmm. essentially walking around telling everybody, y'all are going to serve me one day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you may have been around somebody in your life that acts like they're God's gift to earth and they have this like moral and spiritual superiority. And like, yeah. in general, it's just not fun people to be around. Mm-hmm. And so sure, no, definitely. Uh, I think uh, Joseph doesn't help himself, although he doesn't really necessarily sin or do anything wrong. Sure. Uh, but you can see why it, it very quickly is like this this dysfunction and this like hatred and this thing that starts to boil boil Def- up definitely. in their lives. Yeah. So, yeah. No, for sure. Uh, and that leads to violence. So then they, you know, just actually do this act of like trying to... Yeah sell him into slavery and yeah. trying to, like, they were going to kill him, and they're like, hey, maybe at least we can make a little bit of money off of him. Yeah, it feels like going from, like, one extreme to another. Yeah. I can only imagine yeah. how how miserable, like, how how horrible this, like, this event had to be in yeah. in their life. I mean, you just got to imagine, like, Joseph, like, weeping, crying, uh-huh. like, please don't, like, yeah. and then off he goes, and they're like, mm-hmm. all right, we've rid ourselves of this annoying little problem. Mm-hmm. But it just leads to so much brokenness in their lives, their father's lives, their family life. And like that's how sin always works. Yeah. Like it just you think it's like, all right, I've got I, uh-huh. I'll be fine. Sure. And just leads down this like great levels of like uh despair yeah. and destruction yeah, yeah. in our life. Definitely. So and then finally they have to cover it up. Um, you know, and they deceive uh deceive their father and mm-hmm. have to live with that. And we see that that even that in itself, you know, has a great effect on them later on in Genesis, uh, where they're they're even having to proclaim like we knew that this would happen, like we knew that uh, judgment's coming upon us. You know, they like have to live with that guilt for for the rest of their lives, and, sure. Uh, and then li- in many ways, live in fear too as they go to Egypt. So we did kind of close with, you know, for those who who've been hurt, who've been wronged. Mm. You may you may feel like nobody sees, nobody knows, nobody cares about what I've been through. Mm-hmm. Um, what we close with was like that like God does, um, that God sees your pain when no one else does, and that God cares for your hurts. Uh, and I just reminded of Luke five thirty one, that Jesus said, "You know, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick." Mm-hmm. And Jesus is the great position. Um, so I kind of close by saying, you know, there, I really do think there's a great word that describes Genesis 37 and describes Joseph's life in general, and it's the word providence, mm. uh, and that God in his great providence uses every event yeah. to get to like his ultimate end mm. for his glory. It um, doesn't mean that he's like making evil things happen in sure. your life, but like Every little thread of your life is being woven together to get to an ultimate end for his glory. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yep. Joseph, more than anybody else, you know, lives out Romans 8, 28. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I hope that's an encouragement to you as it's an encouragement to me to live that out as well. Yeah, I think passages like this where they do feel a little bit weightier and a little more like sad, just as we see kind of despair after despair happen in the story is like, often what, what can lead towards some of the greatest, like just gospel presentations too, though. Yeah. And just, I mean, cause it shows like what our life looks like without God and why we need him so desperately. It gives us something so much more like physical to cling on to. Yeah. So I think that is like the good and the highlight that can come out of a message like this. 
And we'll clearly see that in his life as we move forward in the next few weeks. Yeah. Is well, there anything yeah, wrapping up? I mean, a couple things are just really neat. I mean, we had our summer kickoff party yesterday. Man, it was awesome. It was incredible. Yeah, it was a blast. So many people that stayed, and we ate all our hot dogs and burgers mm-hmm. and inflatables and cotton candy and we had popcorn there. Nobody oh, yeah. ate popcorn. No. Uh, not even one person. No, but No popcorn, but you know, ate the not, sugar. Yeah, we're not a popcorn church, <laughs> no, apparently. No shortage so. of sugar, though. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> Abby Shaw, for making all that popcorn and no one eating it. <laughs> but uh appreciate it. I mean, all of our people serving. Yeah. And, uh, it was just such a neat, neat time fellowshipping together. So excited just with what God's doing in Hope Church mm-hmm. and... Uh, how we're growing and multiplying and seeing really cool things happening. So it's a sweet season and really excited for this summer and uh, really excited, you know, get ready to go into the fall and just see what's, what's next as we officially hit one year uh, after launch. So pretty excited about that. Uh, We're going to do a little ice cream and, uh, and fun event in the park this Mm -hmm. Tuesday night. Um, So that's probably as you're listening to this, you can uh, reach out to us. We'll get your details but we'll just have a fun time grilling out, hanging out, playing some games, and giving out ice cream in the community on Tuesday night. Yes. Um, so those are the the big things that we have coming up. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, I think come July 4th, we're going to do a little uh, party and celebration as well. And so we'll be sharing more details about that. But mm-hmm. uh, this coming Sunday, if you're interested in finding out more about Hope Church, want to get plugged in, you can come to our, our Explore class. It's going to be before service, 8.30 a.m., and you can sign up for that on our website at hopechurchjc.com slash events. So, so grateful for you, grateful for you listening, and uh, excited for this coming week. Can't wait to see you Sunday, 10 a.m. If you'd like more information, you can find it at hopechurchjc.com, and we'll see you soon. See you.